Welcome to the Kinetic Seas AI podcast, where we discuss using artificial intelligence in your business. My name is Ed Honor, and I am your host. In today's episode, we are going to talk about retrieval augmented generation, also known as RAG. So RAG is a very hot topic right now because of its ability or its potential to reduce your implementation costs, make your data more relevant, and then get some of your proprietary business data included in the output of large language models or included in the output of whatever it is you're trying to do with artificial intelligence. So it's something that you're starting to hear about more and more, but the definition of RAG varies greatly depending on the source. Now, whether people know it or not, RAG is based on a 2020 paper by Dr. Patrick Lewis, who at the time was a PhD candidate at the University College of London. And as the name suggests, it's generation, which is augmented by retrieval. So in other words, you're using retrieval to improve the output of your large language models. Now, beyond that, the definition of RAG starts to go all over the place. So today we're going we're gonna to cover this, but we're going to give it some historical context. So you can decide yourself what you consider to be retrieval augmented generation and what marketing people are pushing as retrieval uh, augmented generation. And so you're going to see why so many of the commercial RAG solutions may not actually be able to deliver on their promises. So sometimes it's really good just to go back and look at the original research on something to see the context of the problem that they were trying to solve. You know, this is going to let us see if the original goals that they set out to solve when they introduced RAG have actually been solved in what we call RAG today. Now, since RAG was introduced in 2020, and that is like 100 years ago in AI time, so a lot has changed. So we need to go back and look at what that initial concept or that initial problem that RAG was trying to solve. Now, RAG was designed to solve some problems with NLP, which is called natural language processing. So there were a lot more issues with LLM back in 2020 than there are today. And the issues today are pretty much the same issues as they were 2020 ago. They were just much more extreme back in 2020. So the first issue that RAG was intended to solve is that LLMs hallucinate. Now, today we tell people that you can't trust everything an LLM tells you. But back in 2020, it was more like you can't trust anything an LLM tells you. So you really back then had to be very skeptical of the things you were being told by the LLM because of the way it hallucinated. And back then it was just so much more than it hallucinates today. The second thing is they can't cite sources. And if you go back to 2020 and who was using LLMs back in 2020, science was the main focus. And you really need to be able to cite your sources. If you're going to be writing a scientific paper, um, everything that you pretty much, every fact that you put in that paper, you need to cite the sources for. And LLMs cannot cite sources. You know, another area this is a big deal is in, in law. You don't want your LLM, if you're writing a legal document with an LLM, you do not want it citing sources that do not exist. And that is a well-known problem problem, even with modern large language models. So the third thing is that what an LLM knows is fixed at a certain point in time. So whenever the model was trained, that is the data that it has. And it's not easy to update the data inside of an LLM. And this is why a lot of people have started introducing RAG as an alternative to fine tuning. There's, there's 
the data from the LLM was fixed in a point of time when it was trained. And then for your business, the LLM doesn't have any of your proprietary business data knowledge anywhere in the LLM. So one of the things that RAG can solve is introducing your business data into the output that you get from the LLM. Now, at the time, back in 2020, especially in early 2020 when this came out, it was not obvious that LLMs and GPTs were going to take over AI. So the goal at the time was to improve the LLM, making it better, and basically turning everything you asked it into an open book test instead of the LLM having to know everything about every topic. You basically, it would give you hints, and then you would use RAG to get additional knowledge on the subject. Again, keep in mind, we're talking about GPT-2 at the time. So GPT-2, you never heard of it because it was so bad they weren't going to release it to anybody. Even GPT-3 wasn't released. It wasn't until GPT-3.5 that you started to hear about it. So in the RAG model, what would happen is as tokens are generated by the LLM or the natural language processing model, a retriever model would look at the output as it's being generated and then try to improve the LLM. And it would do that by going to a library of data that um, are basically the references that can either improve, uh, approve or disapprove of the things that the LLM was saying. So the RAG model was actually an encapsulate, encapsulated the LLM. So the LLM was actually part of the model, which with everything in models, all the different components can be replaced later. So this is actually a good time to actually think about what models and an AI pipeline is. When people think of uh, LLM or they think of a model, they think of a single thing. But that is actually never the case in AI. A model is always a string of other models, and an AI pipeline is kind of how that's referred to. So you, the output of one model becomes the input of the next. And if you look at an LLM or a GPT, a generalized predictive transformer, it has an embedding model. Uh, it has an embedding model, which is also the encoding model. It uses a softmax function. It has multiple um, neural networks in it, or um, you know, just there's a lot of different things. It uses a softmax function as after the output of a certain uh, one of the models. So it does a lot of different things inside the model. So if you are implementing something for your business, think of it as not just a single model, but it's going to be a, a pipeline of models. So the, the GPT is basically a bunch of models that are chained together. And what we're going to do is we're going to chain something at the end once we get out of the LLM, which is the GPT. So the original RAG model, it included an, L, an LLM or an NLP model, natural language processing model, at the beginning of the process. And then it had a retriever model at the end of the process. Now, now that it's 2023, the first part of the model is definitely going to be an LLM. You're not going to use any custom-built NLP models. And the last part is probably going to be a vector database instead of a retriever model. So this is where we, we get into some other definitions of RAG. So now there's another process flow that people are also calling RAG. And that is where you query your business data first, and you use that to improve the prompt that you're passing to the LLM. 
Now, it's cited as one of the reasons that if you use reg, you don't need to do fine-tuning on your LLM. You're passing in uh, information about your business that can be cited as the output of the LLM. Now, this isn't RAG if we are going back to the original 2020 definition of RAG, but it's being pushed by some pretty big marketing departments. So even if it's not technically RAG, um, you're kind of going to have to admit that to some extent we're going to also be calling this RAG. Now, even though it um, does solve a problem by getting your business data into the LLM, it doesn't solve the problems that RAG was intended to solve. The LLM can still hallucinate. It still can't cite its sources. And now what it's doing is it's mixing up parametized data with non-parametized data. So your parametized data is data that is in the parameters of the model. So it's something that the model knows. Your non-parameterized data is data that you're passing in that it knows it because you told it's the case. And it could be you told it it's the case because you pass it in on the front end, or it's something that you queried on the back end. So it's still hallucinating, it's still not citing sources, and now you've passed some more data in that you're not sure in the output whether the data came from you or whether the data came from the LLM. So let's look at how this process is actually supposed to work. So first thing you do is you ask your LLM a question. Now then the response that comes out of the LLM it's vectorized or it's embedded. You're basically making a, a high dimensional vector out of the response from the LLM. And then it's used to search the vector database for relevant documents. So the output that comes from your LLM is turned into a vector. Then you go to a vector database and you get a list of all of the relevant documents. Now these documents are either going to support or they're going to refute the facts that came from the LLM. So this is where the 2023 reg isn't as forward thinking as the original paper. In the original paper, there was a vision to consolidate the output from the retrieval model with the LLM model. And that would make the responses, these consolidated responses that would give, you know, basically have the best responses from the retrieval model. There was, there was a vision to actually look at what was being retrieved and then scoring that and including the best information from what was getting retrieved in your, the output of your model. So when all you're doing is going and querying your vector database to get a list of relevant documents, if you don't have this last step where you're going to consolidate the whole thing into a new paragraph, you haven't actually solved the problem that the original RAG was trying to solve. But they were a little bit more forward thinking. And when you're not sure what you can do it's with a model, a lot of times it's good to, to, to really think out of the box. So, but in order to do this with vector databases, there's some prerequisites and they're not minor prerequisites. The first thing you have to do is index your offline data by creating vectors. So you need to have an embedding model. Now it is a hundred percent critical, vital that the same embedding model that you use to create the vectors in the vector database is what's used to create the vectors out of the output of the LLM. So the embedding model turns 
the document into a high dimensional vector that is then stored in the vector database so that it can be referenced. Now, this is necessary because how the way a vector database works is it searches using a similarity function like a cosine similarity. Now, in the original 2020 RAG paper, um, he had a, a the team had put together some really impressive uh, math behind how they were actually going to do this instead of cosine similarity. It involved a dot product, and it was a it was a very impressive formula that they were using to do a similarity search. Now that vector databases are around, we've kind of simplified it into a process that is a lot easier to understand. Now. This is really where things get hairy though, because there's a lot of disagreement about how documents should be vectorized. Some things work, some things don't work, and um, you have to have this consistency when you're creating the vector, but you also, to a certain extent, have to be willing to do a little bit of trial and error. And you gotta do some trial and error before you get too far down the line. Um, and this is sometimes why it really does help to go back to the original paper because by going back to the original paper, we see the problems that they were originally trying to solve and then now look at the new solution and see, are we actually solving those um, problems? So what we're doing here is when we're vectorizing the document is we're basically indexing it. But if you've ever worked with relational databases, you know that it isn't that obvious how to index something. So in a relational database, you have multiple indexes on a single table. So um, how many indexes do you want on each, each document? So in a relational database, you don't in index the entire row, you index certain columns and certain groups of columns together. And so you have you end up with a lot of indexes on a table sometimes. So nobody should be too surprised when vectoring an entire document doesn't give good search results. Because this is, this is what's the messy part, okay? You need to break the document up into the facts that are contained in the document and then vectorize those independently. So what you'll have is you'll have multiple vectors that are pointing to the same document. So in this case, though, because it's not just pointing to a document. So if, if something comes up in a vector search, the similarity search is going to find the document and it's going to find where the reference that caused the hit is located in the document. This is um, very, this is really probably the most important part of vectorizing a database. Now I have actually seen some code that breaks the document up into approximately 100 character se segments and then just vectorizes those segments. So it isn't actually reading the document, it's just taking 100 characters, vectorizing that, taking the next 100 characters, vectorizing that. And that's a brute force method that just kills the quality of the data. If, if you're cutting off sentences and mid-sentence, in order to create vector embeddings, you're never going to get the sentiment or you know what the what that uh, fact that you're trying to vectorize actually is. So, um, vec so even though chopping up your document into hundred character um, segments works better than vectorizing the entire document, it could be done a whole heck of a lot better. And this is where when people say they have a RAG solution and it's ready to go and it's out of the box and we have our, um, our own embedding model and we have our own similarity search, 
you have to take that with a grain of salt because this is a lot like building a skyscraper on an active earthquake fault um, and and creating a skyscraper on an active earthquake vault while an earthquake is going on. Things are changing way too fast for anybody to be saying that they have the problem solved. Now here we are in October 23 in October of 2023 and I can guarantee you this problem has not been solved. So let's look at this whole process with an example and I think that that'll help uh, talk about what some of the issues still are. So let's say we want to write a report. And we're going to write a report about the solar system. And we want the report to include everything about the solar system, including its planets the moon, and the moons around its planets. So we go to ChatGPT and we get a report. And the report's going to say something like the solar system has eight planets, Jupiter has the most moons, and then the Earth's moon is made of, yum, is made of yummy green cheese. Now, it doesn't cite any sources for any of this, but if you're looking at the basics of this, you realize there's at least one hallucination, maybe more than one hallucination in this output. So the RAG model in this case has to verify three, at least three facts, because this obviously isn't the entire report. The, uh, it could actually require that you verify you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 different facts. But in this case, the RAG model needs to verify that there's eight planets, has to verify that Jupiter has the most moon, and it has to verify that our moon is made of cheese. So our model is taking the output from the LLM, and then it's going to cut the response up using the same mechanism we use to embed the offline documents. And hopefully that isn't just grabbing characters 100 or sentences 100 characters at a time that we have a model that goes through and knows how to identify um, groups of words as uh, as a fact that we want to verify and that really comes down to the context window in your llm how big is your context window um, but that that really goes into a lot of detail with this now each parameterized fact or stated as a question now it needs to become a query to the offline uh, library so again our parameterized facts are the ones that are in the LLM so at this point any fact that is coming out of the LLM is a parameterized fact now um, this is gonna but this is gonna return a list of documents and they may be relative, relevant to the fact or they may completely miss the boat. The, the documents that get returned as by, the, by the retriever model, or in this case, the vector database, um, needs to be scored. It needs to be looked at, and the model needs to determine which of these facts are the best. So we get our long list of documents that are supporting that the solar system has eight planets. Sorry, Pluto. Um, but you know, we might get one or two document, older documents that say there are nine planets. Uh, I think this nine planets were before the internet even existed, so maybe we don't have that much of a problem. But we get this long list of documents supporting that the solar system has eight planets, and we can decide which of those documents is the best for us to cite as our fact that the solar system has eight planets. Now, then we're going to get a list that's not quite as long that supports Jupiter as having the most moons and saying, and then some are saying that Saturn has the most moons. Well, uh, for argument, let's just say that they discovered additional moons around Saturn uh, 
between the time the training was done and today. And I don't remember. Uh, I just know today there's more moons in Saturn than there is in Jupiter. That used to not be the case. So we're just going to say that these moons actually got discovered between the time the large language model was trained and, and said that Jupiter has the most moons and today where we say Saturn has the most moons. So the non-parameterized data, the data that is coming from the RAG model, from the retrieval model, is actually the correct data. But it's going to take a little human intervention at this point to know it. So the real solution that RAG was trying to solve is not really solved yet. It the, the original RAG wanted you to get a paragraph that you could use. It wasn't to give you a paragraph and then a list of sources to cite. But in late 2023, the places we're at is a paragraph and a list of sources to cite. So our first issue is going to be, or then the third thing that's going to come up here is that when we, re, when we did our ret retrieval for our moon, we couldn't find any documents that said the moon was made of green cheese because our science library that we uh, that we created and we vectorized didn't actually contain the children's book that that stated the moon was made of green cheese. And it just happened through a hallucination that that was the fact that the LLM decided to use as the green cheese and or as the what the moon Earth's moon is made of. So we get no data when we do the query that says, you know, that references the moon being made of green cheese. So what we need to do is fix that piece of data, or we need to restate that question, restate that as a question and give the LLM or the vector database another chance at answering that question. So as you can see, there's a lot more to actually making this work in production than it sounds like when you talk about the RAG model. The biggest barrier to entry is going to be vectorizing those the data that you want to use. Now, if you're doing this for business, at least when you're vectorizing the data, you have your own databases that, that you're going to work with and you know your data probably better. The problem is it's not going to be in documents, so it's going to be in a relational database like Oracle. And then you're going to have to come up with a way to vectorize that data so that you can both um, create the embeddings that go in the vector database, but then also create embeddings from the LLM that can be used to query that data. Because if you use one embedding model to create one vector, you cannot use another embedding model to create the search vector. So in the original RAG model, there was a mechanism to, to reconcile the parameterized and non-parameterized data. But in the existing RAG model, we're just going to get ourselves a list of uh, do output documents. So the original RAG model would combine what it got from the LLM with what it got from the retriever model. Well, now we've replaced the retriever model with a vector database. So we're not actually in the same position we are to create a new paragraph. So the um, with the new RAG model, the way we're looking at it today, the list of documents and sources that come back, you need to rank. So you are going to have to decide it, whether NASA is a better source or Dr. Seuss is a better source about what the moon is made of. And 
rag is funny because if you go and you query what rag is from some of the biggest database companies in the world you are going to get a different definition than the definition that comes out of the original research from 2020 so uh, source so you need to be able to rank your sources and you need to be able to um, to basically take those sources and then do something with the output as soon as you get it so I'm going to conclude by basically saying when you run into somebody that says RAG is going to solve all the problems in AI, the first question you would always ask is what are they talking about? Are they talking about the latest definition of RAG or are they talking about the original 2020 paper? Because a lot of that is going to be depending on who you're talking about. Then you need to be very skeptical because although RAG has some amazing promise in late 2023, it's not really ready for prime time. Um, it's a lot easier to talk about how this w one wrench is going to fix all the problems in the manufacturing process. But what's really going to happen is RAG two or three years from now is probably going to be part of the LLM and it's not going to be an extension. We're going to be teaching LLMs to be able to read proprietary data. Now, in order for that to happen, there's going to need to be a lot of progress made on vectorizing and embedding data. There needs to be a lot of progress made on um, citing sources from an LLM. And then there's going to be a lot of progress that needs to be made in that entire AI pipeline. So that's it for this episode. I hope I uh, didn't confuse you totally about what um, retrieval augmented generation is. It's an exciting technology, but it's also one that you have to keep in mind is not necessarily ready for prime time.